welcome to the newest episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. It took a little bit of time after the WNBA Finals, and congratulations to the Seattle Storm again for a much-deserved title. But now it is time to gear up for my favorite time of the year, the college basketball season. If you followed me at all or read any of my work in the past, you know that the SEC is my area of uh, expertise, I guess. Uh, It's my area of focus. So we are going to do an episode on each SEC team, and I thought the perfect team to start with uh, has a little bit of a bridge from the WNBA into college. It's Vanderbilt University and their head coach, Stephanie White. Steph used to be the head coach of the Indiana Fever before taking the Vanderbilt job a few years ago. She's entering year three in Nashville. First two years have been a struggle, finishing the bottom of the conference in both years, 12th and 13th place, and has really struggled to really compete with the upper echelon of teams. But getting the job done on the recruiting trail, they actually signed the number 19 class in the nation this past season. So those players now freshmen for the Commodore. So we'll talk to Steph a little bit about her journey to the Vanderbilt job, and then we'll get down into the nitty-gritty of her team. So we'll step away, give Steph a call, and we'll be right back. This is The Jump Around. And we're back on The Jump Around, and joining me as promised is Vanderbilt head coach Stephanie White. Steph, I appreciate you you joining me. And before we get into your team and talking about the upcoming season, your journey to where you're at is is kind of funny. You start playing at Purdue for, for Lynn Dunn, the Hall of Famer, and then you win a championship under Carolyn Peck. Then you go play for Lynn. You're an assistant for Lynn with the fever, win a WNBA championship. You take over for Lynn. Then you go to Vanderbilt, hire Carolyn, and now you guys play Lynn once or twice a year at Kentucky. <laughs> Have you reflected at all on just kind of the craziness of this world? You know, I, I do think that uh, you, you reflect on it, I think, from a perspective of how lucky we are to, even though we're in a um, a big industry, the basketball, women's basketball community is very small. And I think that to be able to recognize um, the folks that have been able to impact your life on a number of levels um, and to be able to share your journey with them and have great, great mentors and role. Do we need to start this over? All my noise is coming in. That's okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, to be able to have such great mentors and, um, and, and role models to continue to be a part of the journey um, are, are huge. When you make that transition to Vanderbilt from the pros and, and you bring in someone that obviously with the familiarity and that relationship with Carolyn and, and even the rest of your staff are people you've had relationships for quite some time, I'm sure there was still a period of time that maybe stuff popped up because you know it's it's different. You you were an assistant at the college game, so it's not like it's it was a brand new thing, but uh, I imagine in my mind that there are some things that you go, man, this is completely different from the pro game. Is there is was there anything big like that that kind of stuck out? That's like, man, this is a this is a major difference. Maybe maybe you expected, maybe you didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly there there are a lot of things that are different from from the pro game. Um, you know, I, I think we're dealing with a student athlete um, on a whole different level um, than from the time when I left college athletics before, and and not just from a basketball standpoint, but all their demands. You know, we're talking about the last time I coached in college, it was free social media. 
you know, or, or talking about that the time demands on student athletes and the pressures um, to be the, the best possible um, student and the best possible athlete that you can be. Um, the media is totally different than it was the last time I I um, coached in college, um, and, and and students are different, and, and and so I think for me, just really over the, the first two years, learning um, about how to properly balance the demands that are on each of our each of our student athletes. Um, what are our students going to be like in finals versus in regular semester? How do I need to adjust practices and? and time demands from an athletic standpoint to adjust to those. Um, so I, I think relearning some of those things are huge. Um, and also from a basketball standpoint, regardless of whether you have a rookie um, in the WNBA versus a first-year college student, a rookie in the WNBA still has four years of seasoning in college, athletically, academically, from a coaching standpoint, and just maturity in general. Um, so, so being able to adjust to those things off the floor and on the floor um, has been a, a growing process for me, and, and, and certainly in year three, I feel, feel much better than I did um, in year one or two. Yeah, sure. Well, one thing I do want to ask, and, and you mentioned academics, Vanderbilt obviously has a unique uh, spot in the SEC, being the only private institution, being the top institution academically. Going into the job, you obviously knew some of the challenges you were going to face. Has there been anything, uh, and maybe that's it, but has there been anything else that has been tougher than you expected or maybe even on the flip side has there been something that maybe you thought would be a bigger challenge that you guys have been able to handle okay um no i think the biggest challenges have, have really been balancing and learning and off, off off the court kind of how to balance all of those things you know when i was working in tv uh i remember um joe and in northwestern talking about the, the fact that you know he couldn't he, he couldn't and shouldn't put anything new in practice the week of finals and and how trained his kids are huh. and, and how reading week um yeah. you know affects how he practice plans and, and things like that yeah. so um can you hear me yeah sorry go ahead okay yeah and i mean I, I just think that um that all of those things are are important concerns and all of those things are things that were while on the radar you really don't see the full effects of it until you're thrown into the fire sure that makes sense uh, well, you guys have, like you said, you're in year three now. The first two years, you know, a bit of some bit of struggles, which maybe was anticipated. I, I we always say the job's open for a reason. So, but going into year three, despite not having the performances on the court that I'm sure you guys all wanted, you guys signed the number 19 recruiting class in the country. How have you guys been able? Because you know, so often when when teams do struggle, it's tough to get those top tier athletes in there. But Brene Alexander, Jordan Cambridge, those are two of the best players in the country coming out of high school and now on your team. How have you guys been able to kind of navigate the recruiting trail as you continue to try to build upon winning more games? Yeah, you know, I think we're finally at a point where where we can start recruiting multiple classes instead of you know playing catch up. Certainly in our, in our mm. first year. Um, being hired in June and having to go straight into July. Um, and, and really, Thornton and Brene were the first class that we were able to develop a full relationship with and recruit them for a period of time. And, you know, it certainly helped us that they were local kids, that they were able to see um, our our vision and action, that we were able to, to, um, to talk to them about what we want to accomplish and, and to be able to embrace them as as part of um, the Vanderbilt community early because they were local. And, and I think there's the kids who, who want to have their name associated with leaving a legacy. Sure. And you get the opportunity when you're a program in transition. And from a competitive standpoint, when you have two great players and two great students 
athletes who, who want to be a part of building something, that's really, really special. And, um, and so I'm, I'm glad that, that, that we were able to establish that relationship. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to, um, to get in on those two local kids. And, I, and I'm certainly um, honored that, that, that they want to be a part of our program and they want to help get our program to another level. Sure. Well, both will be expected to contribute. I know Jordan suffered a bit of an unfortunate injury, and, and she's kind of rehabbing, and, and is, I know you guys are targeting her to be ready to go soon. But in addition to those two, a big-time transfer now eligible for you guys from Boston College and gives you guys some size. I'm going to go ahead and clear the way and let you talk to, talk about a little bit about your center. Yeah, Mary Alyssa Sula is going to be big for us. Um, you know, certainly she was um, one of our best, if not the best player on our roster last year who didn't get to play a game. And um, she just had an incredible experience playing for the Greek national team at the World Cup and, you know, culminated with a tough loss to Nigeria, but she had a double-double. Um, you know, she really just d- does give us an anchor inside. And she's a player who was an all-league player at the ACC. Um, she's a player that we can give the ball to and let her go to work. She's got a great feel and understanding for the game. And, um you know, she, she's certainly going to be a focal point of everything we do on both ends of the floor this year. And I think that she's in, in some of the best shapes that she's been in in her career. Um, and it's hungry to get on the floor. Sitting out a year certainly um, gives you a different perspective. Uh, and, and it also makes you appreciate the opportunity when you get it. And so she's ready and hungry. Average 16 points a game and seven and a half boards a game at Boston College in two seasons there. And then you look at some of your returners. You, you graduate Rachel Bell and Krista Reed, who were big-time players for you. But you have Chelsea Hall coming back, who was an all-freshman team member. And then Autumn Newby just kind of quietly floated around it and did a lot of little stuff that maybe was overlooked. Uh, how has their development been as both players and what I would imagine be leaders for your team? Uh, they've been they've been great. You know, I, I think um, developing the confidence over the summer. Once you have a year under your belt, you understand what it's going to be like playing um, not just the collegiate season, but playing in the SEC. And 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 now you know what to expect. So you know uh, the work that you put in over the summer is important. Um, there there aren't going to be as many surprises in year two, um, but you're also not a surprise to anyone in year two. You know, I think Autumn has been, um, from the day she stepped foot on campus, one of the more natural rebounders that we have. And, and, and she was really expected to, to get a lot of boards in year one for her. And now now we've got to get some more offense from her. We've got to get um, some, some better defense from her as well, staying out of foul trouble. And, and that's something she's, she's learning how to do and has learned how to do. Um, and she stepped up her leadership, um, particularly from a vocal standpoint, uh, over the summer and throughout the course of, of this fall semester. And, and – She's been tremendous in terms of her growth and understanding of what's needed from her and, and what we need for our team to be successful. And, and Chelsea got a lot of minutes and she got the ball in her hands uh, a lot of the time and a, and a lot of in crunch time for us last year. And she's not going to be a surprise to anybody. They're going to certainly understand what to take away from her. And, and we challenged her to really develop her 15 to 17 foot jump shot consistently to be able to develop different ways that she can attack as opposed to just the one or two ways that she was able to be successful last year um, and to work on being more vocal on the floor. She's a player that's great back and understanding for the game, um, but hasn't quite found her voice yet or her comfort level in being that voice. And so that's one area of growth that, that she's really improved on over the summer and, and throughout the fall and will continue to, to uh, look for her to improve on. 
Yeah. Well, you mentioned growth, and, and it kind of leads me into the next question question rather easily. As a team, what specifically do you guys kind of have aims for as far as where to improve? Like, what what specific things do you guys need to improve upon from last year to find more success this year? Well, certainly from an intangible standpoint, you know, we're still really trying to change our culture and, and what we're about. You know, we've got to be a tougher team. Uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, we we got to find a toughness. We got to find some resilience, um, and, and that's going to come from all being on the same page and becoming a more connected team. And and, and so, from a from a growth standpoint, really um, building trust with one another, continuing to, to build in on our in our into our culture, um, what we're going to be about, having a blue collar mentality, being able to have resilience not just throughout the course of the season, but throughout the course of a game, throughout the course of a practice. Um, and, and, and that toughness kind of blue-collar mindset. And, and that's something we're still in transition with. I think we're in a better position than we were. Um, but, but we've still got to continue to grow um, and, and, and who we're bringing into this program and, and, and how we're connecting with one another. Um, you know, on the floor, we've got to be a better defensive team. We've got to be a smarter defensive team. We've, we've got to be a more connected defensive team. Um, and, and, and we've got to, we've got to be a more detailed defensive team. You know, we could we could score um, at, at, at really pretty well last year, but we weren't we weren't stopping anybody. And we weren't rebounding the basketball. So defense and rebounding have really been an emphasis. We're going to do some things differently this year on the defensive end of the floor, um, more so out of necessity. And um, and we're really going to focus on our attention to detail. Is there any concern with? I mean, you guys have ten players on your roster, which is obviously mm-hmm. less than usual. And, and you know, it just being honest, you know, I see that and I go, okay, Cambridge is hurt, so we're at nine. You know, she's going to come back mm-hmm. and be strong. But uh, what kind of concerns, or are, are there any concerns? Or do you do you not even think about that kind of thing? Well, I think you know, from a, a durability, um, injury prevention, and, and depth standpoint, there there are concerns. But at the same time, only five people can play once. Um, you know, we, we, we've, we've got to be able to, um, to learn how to manage from a practice standpoint in order to be efficient. We saw Notre Dame win the national championship with seven players and, and, and we've got it. We've got to do a better job as a staff of, of managing that. Also, you know, and I talk to our team about this all the time. You know, after my freshman year playing for Linda at Purdue, we graduated players. We had transfers. We, 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 we returned three scholarship players. We had eight players on our roster. Um, you know, scholarship players, and one of those eight was a track athlete. So, uh, and, and we won the Big Ten that year. So, we talk about the opportunity number one that we have to reshape our culture, and and number two, um, the fact that that everybody is going to get playing time. And so, how we take advantage of that playing time, how we take advantage of our opportunities, um, and what we do every day to prepare ourselves for those opportunities um, is, is a big part of it. And and so. You know, we're not focused on what we don't have, we're focused on what we do have and, and taking advantage of every opportunity. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you guys are definitely jumping feet first with that non-conference schedule. you got at Middle Tennessee State, who is you know right there in the top 40 every year, it seems. You go to at NC State, you go to UConn, you play at home against a Central Michigan team that just made the Sweet 16, and then you've got Miami, uh-huh. Florida, and Creighton on back-to-back days right before Christmas. That is one brutal non-conference schedule, especially for a team still building. What are you doing, Steph? I know, right? <laughs> you look at last year's schedule and how hard it was, and then you look at this year's schedule as well. And you know, some of some of that was outside of our control, and, and some of it, you sure. know, in our control. But you know, I, I think um, we have a great opportunity again to, to show our, our, our team what it's going to take, and it's going to take toughness, you know, throughout throughout the SEC season. It's going to take toughness throughout 
our our um, non-conference season. But you know, in order for, to position ourselves for the postseason, um, in order to position ourselves to be able to to uh, to get in the NCAA tournament, we, we've got to play some of these games. And so, I think from uh, from our standpoint, hopefully, we learned a little bit last year. Um, you know, certainly, you'd, you'd like to have a few of those uh, games that that you're going to feel confidence with. Um, and I think we have some of those games sprinkled into our schedule. Um, but, you know, uh, again, from our standpoint, we, we've got to be able to play great teams in order to give ourselves a measuring stick in order for us to, to see what we need to do to improve. Um, and I think our team is in a much better mental space to handle some of those. Yeah, well, I certainly respect uh – respect the schedule and the toughness of it and you guys diving into it. Uh, you had your first official practice, so I guess season is technically underway. Um, I know you'll, I, I think every coach will be like, yeah, first first practice went pretty well, but what were some things you saw that uh, that you were happy with and, and was there anything in particular that you, you guys need to work on other than things that you've already mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly happy with, with our energy level and our competitiveness. Um, you know, we, we've but really, when our, when our numbers are down, I mean, Faz has been gone, and, and you alluded to Jordan being a little bit limited. Um, we've had some other freak kind of weird illnesses and injuries um, that, that hit us early, so we've been limited in practice. But we spent a lot of time on, on individual skill development and a lot of time on just competition in general. So I'm really pleased with our energy, with our competitiveness. Um, you know, we, we still have to continue to work on our attention to detail on the defensive end of the floor. And, and we're continuing in our system to learn how to play the game, to not have to be told where to go, what to do all the time, and really learn how to get a feel for the game. Um, and, and so those are still areas that we'll continue to improve on. Yeah, well, you certainly have a talented roster. I'll, I'll get you out on this one and, and kind of leave this open-ended for you. For people uh, perhaps on the outside who aren't you know, focusing on you day in and day out and maybe just look at the, the records and go, oh, man, Vanderbilt, they're, they're not very good. Uh, what, would you, what would you say to someone who you know, isn't familiar with their program about the direction you're going, about this year's team that you'd like them to hear? Yeah, you know, I think I'm really excited about this group. Um, you know, one person that we haven't talked about who's been our most consistent player really since we stepped foot on campus is Sierra Walker. And Sierra doesn't do anything fancy. Sierra doesn't do anything that, that jumps out at you from a statue perspective. Um, but she's a player who's consistently improved. She's a player who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, and she's a player who's evolving as a leader for us as well. And so I, I think we have a good core group. Um, and, you know, we've been very upfront and honest from the beginning. This is going to be a process. And, and, and we're not going to, to skip steps in that process, whether it be, you know, cupcaking our, our, our non-conference schedule so that we can get wins and then not having a realistic viewpoint of what it's going to be like to get into the tournament, um, or whether that means, you know, recruiting and recruiting student-athletes that fit Vanderbilt, not just recruiting student-athletes who are going to get us, you know, three or four extra wins a year because we want this to be for the long haul. Mm. And uh, I think we're taking another step forward in our process from a culture standpoint, from an energy standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, and I'm excited for them to get opportunities on the floor. Yeah, well, Coach, you know I've got the utmost respect for you and um, certainly appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to talk to us, and best of luck. I'm sure our paths will cross, but um, you know, grateful for, uh, for knowing you and certainly wish you and your squad uh, a great season. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Stephanie White, head coach of Vanderbilt, for joining me today. She's the first to join me from the SEC, but we will talk to the rest of the head coaches in the conference as well as we prepare for the season. And Vanderbilt will open their season November 6th at home against North Alabama before heading down the road to play Middle Tennessee State, a true test just two games in. 
Thank you for listening, as always. If you don't already, subscribe to us on iTunes so every episode will drop straight to your listening device. If you don't have an iPhone, you can listen to us on SoundCloud or Google Play. And if you do listen to us on iTunes, though, if you could leave a review, that certainly helps. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Blake Dudonis, and look forward to dropping more episodes more often now that we are fully engaged in college basketball season. Thanks again for listening. This is The Jump Around.